It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me that'll help you save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, and you can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard, which is an important thing to do right now because we're posting things on our Facebook page from CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. This is my fourth day at CES this trip, seventh year in a row at CES, and it is such an interesting thing to see the progression of technology and at first glance, it seems like same old, same old, same old. And then when you dig in, you see how things that were here in prior years, maybe that failed, become so much a part of future change, success, new products, things you actually want. And I'm going to talk about TVs straight ahead. And what I'm seeing all around the Las Vegas Convention Center in the TV area, and that's coming up just in a second, but I want to tell you, in just minutes, I want to talk about a big fuss here at the show involves a dispute with the Chinese government and a cell phone manufacturer and AT&T, and I'm going to tell you why it's the wrong battle for anybody to be fighting and tell you something important for your wallet when it comes to cell phone service. But right now, let's talk TVs, because it's funny. I don't watch TV. As soon as football season's over, TV has no place in my life till football season starts again around Labor Day. So once the Super Bowl's happened, I'm done from February till September. No more TV. But when I'm watching football, the TV I'm watching is really important to me. And something that I told you about last year has made it to a new level this year and likely to be available for you in the fall selling season for Christmas. In the simplest explanation, they're TV walls where you take very low-cost, low-end TVs, at least that's what I would do, and you buy them in multiples. You either buy three of them nine of them or 15 of them and what the software allows you to do which i saw a beautiful exhibit yesterday from a company from turkey and i saw lots of these displays but i had a, a very clear understanding from the turkish presentation which is funny because i don't speak turkish but anyway the the tvs all work together is if they're one screen or multiple screens. So let's say I have nine TVs on the wall. Typically nine TVs buying from a low-end producer, 55-inch screen size, will cost you about $2,700. It's a lot of money. But let me tell you what you get for that. You then have this massive screen that all to your eyes looks like it's one. You don't recognize any what's known as bezel between the screens. And then you're able, let's say there's one event you want to watch, like the Super Bowl. So you can put it across all nine screens. Or you can take that massive screen space and allocate it however you want. So 
let's say you're really into college football, just as an example. And on Saturdays now during college football season, there might be seven or eight different games on simultaneously. You can allot the screen space among the 15 screens, giving as much or as little to each game as you wish. And you could be watching three at once, five at once, whatever number you want. And you just draw on the remote how much of the screen space you give to each game. So there may be a game you're only lightly interested in, so you give it just a tiny amount of screen space. Another one you're really into, you might give it 50% of the total screen space. The breakthrough is about affordability for that kind of flexibility. When I saw a system last year that had been developed by a company not in the TV business, but in the tech business, they couldn't even pin a price on it last year. This year, it's almost just like software code and all you're buying, well, it is just software code, and all you're buying is the TVs. So it was really, really eye-opening to see it. And then speaking of nice eye candy, the new Ultra HD televisions are awe-inspiring. Samsung has an exhibit where you see this TV, and of course they've shot it in ultra high def, I don't know if it's 8K or whatever, but you look at it, and people here at CES generally are a pretty jaded crowd, and people were just standing there mesmerized. They'd be walking along, they'd see this, and they would absolutely stop in their tracks and look at this thing. So if you're into television, two big themes, affordability and a lot better picture quality available to you. And at CES, there are so many different products that are here, so many categories. One that didn't even exist here just several years ago, Tom wants to ask about. Tom, welcome to the Clark Howard Show. Hey, Clark, how you doing? Great, thank you, Tom. What do you want to talk so, about with uh, cars? Yes, yeah, self-driving cars. So I'm a, I'm a blind person. And uh, uh, you talked on your show yesterday, I believe it was, about the uh, self-driving car, and you mentioned something that I wanted to read some more about. Somewhere in Maryland, I think it was. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes, so this is a joint venture that IBM is part of, and I'm trying to remember the two other partners in it. And it has a really cute name. Uh, it was like a four-letter name. Kim, were you with us? You were not with us when we saw that self-driving vehicle. I'm, okay, I'm going to think about it. If I can't remember, I'll, I'll ask my TV producer, and I'll mention it later this hour. But what it does is it looks like a rolling miniaturized train car, but on rubber tires. And so you can, in many different ways, instruct it where you're trying to go. And when you tell it where you're trying to go, it's then able to take you exactly to where that is. I mean, it, it's really crazy to think about what you're able to do with this, where you're able to sit down in it, and it just takes you to wherever 
you're headed to. So the, the system I saw, you walk up to it, and it has uh, doors that open like an elevator. And you wheel in, it, it lowers down to street level if someone's in a wheelchair. If you're, you know, if you can walk on your own, you walk into it, you sit down, and then there you are with the ability to be able to just go where you want to go, and it autonomously drives you there. That is really uh, interesting because I've, I've also uh, been a part of some uh, conversations with elderly relatives and looking forward to the day when we don't have to have those conversations as much. Oh, no kidding. And I got to tell you, Tom, it's clear that there's no doubt that in the next couple of years, we're going to be able to buy fully autonomous vehicles. And the most important, the most important thing about it is that the cost of bringing it to the end user, the consumer, is dropping so much quicker than anybody estimated because if you're familiar with Moore's law uh, a little bit my I was not the best in science when I was in school <laughs> so the the in well in layman's terms the 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 ultimate point of Moore's law is that computer technology improves and drops in price so quickly that something that didn't seem at all possible to be made available for a mass market very quickly does become available for a mass market. And that's why the autonomous or self-driving vehicles are so much a part of the future. And you know what's weird is that nobody today really knows how to drive a stick shift car because now there are 99 point something percent of cars are automatic. We're not right. We're not far away from where nobody's going to know how to drive anymore because it's not going to be a skill that will be needed in the future and we'll just get around in personal transportation mo uh, vehicles or whatever you call it. So I'll get you that the name of that product uh, as soon as we can find one of my TV producers and I'll make sure you know that time. Okay, good, Clark. I appreciate it very much, and thank you for everything you do. I've listened to you on and off for probably the last, not say, decade and a half. Well, I appreciate that very much, Tom, and have a great day. And Jeff is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jeff. Good morning, Clark. Uh, thanks for having me on. I heard your comment this morning about uh, gas stations and and care in using your cards at gas stations and I wanted to remark about some an app that I found for my phone called skimmer scammer this device will locate certain scanning devices that are very inexpensive that people will manage to put in gas pumps and capture your number and your pin uh, and then the perpetrator can come by later in the day or every once in a while and, and download all that information into their system and steal it. Okay, I got something crazy to tell you before you go on talking about Skimmer Scanner. Do yeah. you know that now 
the criminals putting these uh, skimmers on the gas pumps, they don't need to come by anymore. Once they've installed it over wireless technology, they're able to download all the stolen cards almost uh, as soon as they get a card. They can either do it right away or through a day do continuous downloads. So it's become a much easier crime for the problem at pay at the pump for criminals to be able to simply uh, put in one of those skimmers and then without ever having to come on the scene of the initial crime be able to get all the information to commit continuous crimes with stolen cards. So go ahead, explain Skimmer Scanner because it's really neat. Well, simply you you activate your phone and have Bluetooth on and, and bring up the app and push the button and it will search for signals coming from a skimmer. Uh, and it actually communicates with the skimmers and identifies them if they're, I, I've yet to find one, but the way the literature reads uh, and the information on the website uh, tells you exactly that there is one there. And ideally, if you're a good citizen, you would you would call the police and let them know. And another thing to look for is in many states, and perhaps all, there is a security seal on pumps. And I always look to make sure that that seal's intact before I uh, gas up my car. Well, that is great, Jeff. And as best I know, Skimmer Scanner is only available right now for Androids. Is it available for iPhones yet or just Android? Uh- I don't know the answer to that. Okay. It's very, my, very possible. My knowledge is that it's only an Android app at this time, but it would be great when it's available for iPhone because, you know, you got, uh, what, 40% of Americans use iPhones. And so once they've got it for that too, it gives you that added layer of protection. And one thing I got to tell you again is if you're using a debit card, it is not safe right now to use it for pay at the pump because then a criminal is emptying your checking account within minutes, and that makes it a very ugly day. We're broadcasting today from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, and there's been big buzz here today about a spat going on where there was supposed to be a massive announcement today that AT&T was going to be the U.S. launch customer for the cell phone that is all the big deal here at CES called the Huawei um, Mate 10 and Mate 10 and Mate 10 Pro. And I saw the Huawei display yesterday and it was packed. I mean, people were six deep trying to get a look at this phone that has so many apparently new breakthrough things to it. But AT&T bailed because Huawei has long been rumored to be under the control of the Red Army in China. And so AT&T backed out because of worries that Huawei phones would be able to spy on you. Now, that's the big buzz and big fuss. The reality is the bigger issue is why are cell phone carriers involved in what cell phone you get anyway? We're the only country on earth where people buy cell phones in big numbers from the cell phone carrier. It's so much better the way it's done everywhere else. 
where you buy a cell phone like any other consumer item wherever you want from whatever manufacturer or retailer you want to buy from and then you're a free agent to take that phone and use it how and where you wish. Amazon, to its credit, has been doing a big push selling phones that can be used on any network and selling them very affordably. And that's where we should be headed. We're giving way too much power in the United States to AT&T and Verizon to control what phone you have, what phone you use, and that is Clark Rages. If Huawei is spying on people for the Chinese military, that is absolutely, incredibly Clark Rages. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money up to the minute each and every day. So I got to tell you, there's something I'm a little thick-headed about, hard for me to relate to, and it involves the kitchen because this whole thing about cooking, I just don't really understand it. You know, that's why I call the supermarket the stupid market because well, I've got to go buy food that I then have to figure out how to prepare and then cook. That's a lot for me. So historically, I've been somebody who's really into eating out. And that's not as healthy for you. And you end up spending more money eating out than you would typically if you ate at home. So fast forward to something that there's been buzz about for the last several years and that is the smart kitchen, the connected kitchen or whatever. And finally, yesterday at the Consumer Electronics Show, CES, where I am at, at Las Vegas, it came together for me. I finally got it. And I saw a system that was so incredibly integrated and so simple to use that I was like, all right, I really get this. So first, there's, of course, an app for your phone and then a big touch screen on the refrigerator door. And it does some simple things you may have heard of before. It has cameras in the refrigerator that use artificial intelligence and tell you when you're running low on something that it knows based on historical use what you tend to buy, what you tend to want in inventory for food in your refrigerator or freezer. And it has the cameras in there and it notifies you, if you wish, to your smartphone with alerts or you can go on your smartphone to the app for your system in your kitchen and it will tell you, okay, these are the things you should buy in this quantity because this is what you're short of. Or you could even take it to a simpler step it just lets you look inside your refrigerator and inside your freezer but wait there's more so it also is like an electronic chef assisting you so you're trying to cook something and you don't know exactly how to cook that item what the baking temperature is best for it when it's actually ready without opening the oven and looking in these smart appliances actually know how an item should be cooked you just tell it what you're cooking 
and then it knows how to cook it and it knows when it's ready and turns off the cooking element and notifies you on your smartphone hey your whatever is ready in the oven and i'm just touching the the lightest part of the surface of what i saw with the whole idea of the washers the dryers the ovens the dishwasher everything being integrated together now what i did not see is i didn't see rosie the robot from the jetsons putting the food in the machine that takes all the ingredients and makes it into food and then cooks it that's not here yet but i can tell you I know it's weird to say that is coming, which for a lot of people would be very dispiriting because think about how popular cooking shows are now, chefs that have become stars in their own right. I went by, um, I think it was Tropicana, the casino, and on the whole side of the tower there, they have this picture of this star chef who has opened a restaurant in there. Now, there was no such concept with food until within the last 10 years that food is to be such an experience and and these star chefs that open restaurants in different cities and all that. So I'm going completely the opposite way, talking about machine learning and artificial intelligence, able to put together food that outkicks your own ability to prepare something by being your artificial intelligence buddy, if you will, to be able to prepare food. So, yeah, I mean, there are people that say, that sounds so lazy. I ask you, would you have ever wanted to go back to the era before washing machines and dryers and be out at a stream cleaning your clothes on rocks and then hanging them up to dry? No, I'm sure you don't want to go back to that. Justin's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Justin. Hey, Clark. How you doing? Great. Thank you, Justin. Uh, What's yeah, happening? I had, uh, I had a question about a uh, home monitoring system. Yes. Um, so I read an article recently. Uh, it was written by a police officer, and he said that having your home monitored uh, is a waste of money because typically the the police can't respond fast enough and you're better off going with the either a system with no monitoring or a self-monitored system and so right now I I bundle my internet cable and my home alarm which has monitoring and they don't let you keep the alarm without the monitoring and I know the monitoring costs quite a bit so I was wondering uh, if you had any recommendations for any alarm systems that uh, either you can self-monitor through an app, uh, I have the ring doorbell right now. Um, so I, I like the way that's set up where you can, you know, check the app and kind of see what's going on. So I was wondering if you had any recommendations. Right. So uh, you're stepping right into an area that is huge here at CES are okay. the self-installed burglar alarms that mm-hmm. integrate as much as you wish with artificial intelligence cameras, the, uh, the doorbells like ring that have the video that you can see on your phone and the artificial intelligence cameras 
learn, you teach them who's in your household, who's friend. If they see somebody they don't know who could be foe, you immediately get an alert before somebody's even gotten into your home that there's a stranger lurking at your property from the cameras. The traditional stuff of being able to protect your doors and windows, put in motion sensors, that's all over the exhibition floors here at CES. And everybody's base system is designed to do just what that police officer told you, and that is to do monitoring where it alerts you and any other designated people to your smartphone rather than dialing a central alarm monitoring station. And the reason that they're giving is a lot like what the police officer told you, which is it's the lowest priority call for a police officer is to respond to a burglar alarm because depending on which police department you believe, either 97% or 99% of burglar alarm calls are false alarms. Mm-hmm. So, so why would they respond? The cool thing, if you integrate cameras with your system, you're able to say now, okay, there are, there are two strangers at my house, and one of them's wearing this, and blah, blah, blah. I've got video of them, and here's where they're entering. Then that goes from being an extremely low-priority call to an extremely high-priority call because police officers love being able to catch perpetrators in the act. Mm-hmm. So as far as who's exhibiting, I've got a guide on Clark.com of some of the self-install security in- integrated network kind of things that are already available for sale to the public. One in particular that exhibited last year here at CES that is actively monitoring their system is UMA, O-O-M-A. Okay. Have you heard of them? No, I've never heard of them before. UMA is a phone service that added to it a home security kind of suite. And it's pretty inexpensive to install. And then for the monitoring, it varies on which plan you sign up for, what you have to pay for monitoring I think it caps at $10 a month. Oh, okay. In addition, Ring, the doorbell people, have mm-hmm. their own security system that if I remember right, there's a court injunction against it right now because somebody's uh, alleging patent violation or something, but theirs is very well thought out where it integrates, again, with the cameras, the doorbell that is also a camera, and then mm-hmm. traditional security equipment as well. And there, there, are, uh, there are so many of these being offered here at the show that really it's going to be kind of a Tower of Babel for people as they go out looking at them because it's going to be like, should I go with this one? Should I go with that one? Should I go with this other one? So there's going to be a surplus of choice in this area. Okay. Well, good. For me, there's a surplus of choices. <laughs> and Justin, one other thing is that with these systems, you can choose to have traditional security system monitoring. You can have it monitored and by a traditional kind of thing where it alerts a station and they notify the police. And you tend to pay around $10 to $12 a month 
for the monitoring that is equivalent to what we've had from traditional burglar alarm companies. It's, these are real disruptive consumer products for an industry that has worked kind of similarly for decades. And Jim is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jim. You want to talk about pay at the pump with a debit card. Is that right? Uh, pay at the pump and pay anywhere via a debit card, but not necessarily using the debit card. Uh, uh, what I want to know is something that I've been doing for several years now, and I wanted to see if my thinking was correct. Of course, with a debit card, as, as you know, uh, it's a security risk, and criminals can clean out your bank account. So what I've been doing is I use one of the load-as-you-go cards, and I'm only moved the money over that I intend to spend at the moment. So my All right, Jim, that is a brilliant idea, great idea. The alternative as well is to open an online account where you only put walking around money on it, and then it's a traditional debit card instead of a prepaid or stored value card. I love your suggestion, Jim. Great idea. And it's the kind of thinking you can do that outfoxes the criminals. Good job. Here on the Clark Howard Show, once each year, we travel to Las Vegas for the CES. That's the big electronic show, the world's largest trade show. Our producer, Kim, has been scouting the floor. And Kim, you got something new to show us right now, don't you? Clark, I am here with Dr. Amy. She and her crew at Touchpoints just gave me a brain scan, and I would love to share with you guys a little more about what's going on here. Dr. Amy, let's fill Clark in. All right, let's do this. I'm so excited that we got to see your brain um, in live form with and without Touchpoints. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> it was. You know, it's interesting when you just have a cap on your head and you see all these squiggly lines and it doesn't mean anything, but then when we analyze it statistically, we can really see changes in real time in someone's functioning and that allows us to understand how and why things like touch points work to reduce the stress response. All right so for our radio audience please describe touch points. It's a very very small device right? Yes so touch points are wearable neuroscience devices that are the first neuroscience wearables that actually reduce the stress response. So your wearable devices that you're used to just give you data. How many steps are you taking? How are you sleeping? Things like that but they don't really help you other than give you data. Touch points are the first wearables that actually reduce your stress response in real time. And we have data that shows it can do up to a 71% reduction in as few as 30 seconds. That's amazing. How did you guys come up with this idea? So I am actually on a mission as a neuropsychologist to end post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. And in doing so, questions came up in international consulting, such as how do we make sure our military never get PTSD? How do we respond to people in war-torn countries after crises such as the Ebola when they don't have access to doctors and therapists? And so I needed to find something that was cost-effective, affordable, and very, very effective at reducing nervous system reactivity. And the technology and touch points is what I came up with. And come to find out in developing this, it actually just reduces general stress, so consumers are loving this. That's fantastic. So the only reason I had the brain scan was to actually have something tangible to look at and go, you know, I have to tell you, I felt like it was working, but how would I really know? I am the highly suggestible type. Yeah. So to see something on the screen that actually proves that was really, really neat. I'm so glad we get to show people in real time because whenever you're introducing a paradigm change, it is hard to believe. 
And you know what? I love skeptical people. We want people to be skeptical. We don't want you just to jump on whatever bandwagon and try the latest and greatest if it's not going to be effective. So um, we also need these brain scans to show people everything that touch points can do. When you think about what the stress response is um, interfering with in your daily life, it's more than just I feel stressed. It's your sleep. It's inflammation in your body. It's focus. It's performance. It's anger. It's even sensory integration, such as an autistic individual. So mitigating and reducing the stress response is really a key to having a healthy, happy life. Okay, so if someone was to get a set, um, how long does the effect last? Like, am I holding these in my hands all day? So it depends. Now first, you can hold them in your hands. That's how we demoed them for you. You can also wear them on your wrists. You can put them in socks or your tank top straps or your pockets. Oh. They don't even need to be touching skin. This is why um, people are using taking the SATs uh, with them on. So if you're in a situation of prolonged stress, like if you're giving a presentation or taking a test, or we have a lot of performers using these, okay, and athletes, then they want them on the entire time during the situation. But let's say I'm just a little bit stressed out at work. I notice I'm not breathing very well. I can't stop thinking about something and I need to focus. I might put my touch points on for about 30 seconds or a minute and then they've done their job and I kind of go about my day. The average user actually uses them four times a day. Interesting. And so are they available to the average consumer? They are. We want everybody to have access to this amazing technology. So we have an affordable price point. Um, they're $240 for a set of originals that pair with our app. And they're $160 for a kit of our basics, which don't require an app. And those are available at our website, which is ilovetouchpoints.com. That's great. Thank you so much for your time. That was a really neat experience. Thank you. I'm so glad I got to meet you. Kim, I just love this. And how great that someone was inspired to do something for our brave men and women in the U.S. military who've had PTSD, among others who've had PTSD for so many reasons, and you yourself experience the joy of feeling less stress. That's great. And no pharmaceuticals involved. I'm so glad you've taken time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me so that you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main web address and you got a question for me, go to Clark.com slash ask. Also, if you have a question you want to get answered by a member of our team, that's a free service of our show coming up on our 25th anniversary, providing free off the air advice. Just go to Clark.com, scroll down a little, you'll see the phone number and hours available for free off-the-air advice. So I'm in Las Vegas, and we had a unique experience yesterday. I've been to Las Vegas probably more than uh, 50 times, maybe more than 60 times over the years, and I had never experienced a torrential monsoon-like rainstorm that went on hour after hour after hour. The good news is that here at CES, we're always in windowless facilities in the convention center, and we don't get to see anything like the sun or anything like that. But what was funny is none of the buildings here are equipped or built to deal with rainstorm. And so all around, everywhere I've been, there are areas closed and big buckets and 
repair crews trying to repair roofs as water came pouring in with a lot of waterfall effects that were not actually planned. There are a lot of waterfall effects planned in Las Vegas, but none that were like these that were unplanned. And uh, it was it was quite a thing. And yesterday I wanted to walk out to get inexpensive food away from the convention center. And I'd already plotted out where I was gonna go. And it was like a uh, 15 minute walk away because food at the convention center is so pricey. And I go to walk outside and I can't even see across the street, it's raining so hard. So I was sentenced to eat expensive food. I'll just skip a few meals to make up the cost. But one of the things at CES is that a lot of the gadgets and gizmos are really approachable and affordable. I saw a lot of items yesterday that are $25 or less. Some of them are very, very simple items that you're wondering, well, do I really want that? But I want to share something from a, a British company that's from Birmingham, England, or as they say, Birmingham or something like that. Anyway, they have developed a product called wristband earbuds, and they have great fidelity. They start at $20 retail, and people are always crunching their earbuds, leaving them somewhere, uh, causing a short in them, whatever. Or they're wearing them in their ears when they're not listening to anything because they don't know what else to do with them. So these are designed that they become like a wristband. And they look almost like, well, I wouldn't call them jewelry, but they look just fine on your wrist, on a man's wrist or a woman's wrist. They come in many different colors, so uh, guys would tend to get black or gray. Women can get any of a variety of colors. I'm somewhat colorblind, so I couldn't tell you all the shades of color I saw. But let's just say they were, they were actually creative and attractive. And the earbuds, when you're not using them, they just simply wrap around your wrist and they store securely. They're very robust from damaging. Like the guy demonstrated trying to destroy them and couldn't. And $20. I mean, it's a very simple idea. Somebody saw a need and they built a product to serve it. Here's something else. You remember like three years ago, it was a big thing to buy these docking things, docking stations that would charge your phone and allow your music to play in your bedroom like, um, like you suddenly had a stereo in there, a replacement for a clock radio, you use it as an alarm and all that. Well, that has progressed. And now there are several manufacturers selling devices that dock your phone, charge it while it's docking, but then provide concert hall sound from using Spotify or uh, Pandora or whatever music service you use, you're able to just simply click it in and then you fill a room with concert hall kind of sound and the devices are small. Now you can get one, there are some that look like they must be for DJs that are big units that you wheel that uh, allow somebody to have their entire setup for doing a DJ party kind of thing. 
But that wasn't the sweet spot. The sweet spot were these devices that you just click your phone in. And the price points range from under $100 as high as the sky. So you'll see these. I think this is going to be an item that you'll see in the discount stores and the warehouse clubs and the electronic stores for this coming Christmas season. And then several companies have brought to market devices that are instant translators. If you are a fan of the original Star Trek series from the 1960s, and they had, I don't, what do they call that quarter, the thing that would instantly translate from any alien language to any other, and it did it real time and you spoke? Several competitors are showing systems that do this, including ones that that you just pop in your ear, this little earbud that looks a little bit like those things that Apple has, those funny kind of earbuds that Apple sells for their phones that don't have the uh, headphone jack. They look kind of like that. And so you speak real time in your language. The person listening who has to have one of the ear things as well, they're hearing it real time in their language. Kind of like at the UN where there's, if you ever visited the UN, there's simultaneous translation going on with humans doing it. This is machine learning doing the translation. And then when you hear something, so if I speak in English and you, you speak, I don't know, Japanese, and you hear me in Japanese, you then respond in Japanese and I hear it in English virtually instantaneously. Absolutely amazing. And you're able to have eye contact with the person you're speaking to. One of the problems with Google Translate is you're looking down at your phone, you speak to it, the other person reads it or hears it, they then speak back to it, comes back to you. This is leapfrogging what Google Translate does. And the systems, one of the competitive systems I saw was $199 an ear but the marketplace will decide what is fair and reasonable pricing for these translations. Think of the things for business, someone who's traveling, let's say to China, and they're trying to do business there or wherever somebody's trying to go, being able to do simultaneous translation, as long as the translations are accurate, will be phenomenal. Jeff joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Jeff. Good. Well, it's a pleasure to speak with you today. Well, great to have you here. How can I serve you? Well, I had a question uh, about trying to compare uh, my power bill with a new plan. I have a son that bought a uh, full EV vehicle uh, a few months ago, and he discovered that we are power provider offers a, a different type of rate plan um, that's designed for people with EV cars. So we inquired about it and got some information from them. And it's basically um, a variable rate usage setup based on particular peak times of the day and peak times of the year. And my question is, I'm just trying to figure out the best way to compare what I'm currently paying per kilowatt hour 
to what I would be paying if I went to this other plan. So um, the hard part and, with the variable rates, Jeff, is that figuring the math out is nearly impossible. I've looked at these, and it's very, very difficult. Are they offering the thing where from, like, um, midnight to 5 a.m., your son can charge his electric car for a penny a kilowatt or something like that? Uh, it's not quite that low. Uh, well, let me phrase. It is. No, it's not quite that low. Basically, what I'm looking at is they it for a time period from about the beginning of June through the middle of September is what they're classifying as their peak time of the um, time of the year. But that's only for a five-hour window every day, Monday through Friday. Oh, so well, they're doing the opposite. They're taking their peak demand for air conditioning during the summer, surcharging exactly. that, and trying to get you to do your laundry outside of those five peak hours, sweat a little during those five peak hours by turning the AC to where it's like uh, 80 degrees instead of whatever you would normally do. Um, right. And what do they the charge you per kilowatt in those five hours? They've got it rated at, it's like 35 and a half cent per kilowatt hour. Which now you, that's I a took, huge number. Yeah, I, I know. Because I took my... Um, I took my bill for last month, and I just calculated out, you know, what my current rate is per kilowatt hour based on my usage, and I came up with a, a, um, a figure of, like, just a fraction under 8.9 cents per kilowatt hour. So to go from 8.9 to almost 35 cents is almost, so that's over a 400% increase. However, however, you can make that work, Jeff, if everybody works outside the home during those five hours. Right. But you and I both know that during that time of the year, that's when the air conditioner is going to be running and going like crazy. Even if you do have it, which we, which my wife and I, we typically do, we don't normally run hours um, as low as 72 in the summer. We usually run at about 76 to 77. Okay, so um, let me tell you let me tell you how you make that decision. You do that by using one of those electronic thermostats like a Nest where you would dial the temperature way up during the 5 hours and make the house superheated then the rest of the time make it cool. If that will work for you, if you can figure out how to make that work and no laundry or anything like that during the five hours, I would look at it. Otherwise, stay away from the variable rate. I got something so neat for you here. Producer Kim has been wandering the floors at the Consumer Electronics Show looking for ideas that are state-of-the-art or breakthrough. And Kim, you have one that takes something that so many adults talk about and you say it's something that now works for kids? So Clark, I'm here with Raphael and the company is Root. Tell me about Root. 
Yeah, so Root is a coding robot that we developed to teach uh, yeah, the basics of coding to people of all ages. So you can start with kids as young as four or five. Uh, oh, and that's then, young. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you, you start with them uh, with pretty simple activities where they code the robot to you know take a step forward and then turn. Uh, and maybe you can make a challenge where can you get, ha teach Root how to get home. Uh, and then you build up that sequence and you start to learn the basics of sequencing. And then once you understand that, we start to introduce more and more complex coding concepts concepts, which are also, you know, it's just general problem solving as well. Uh, so you go from that, that first coding experience, and the app will actually guide you through until you get to really professionally used languages That's in a nice awesome. smooth path. And so you said the robot. Describe the robot for everyone. So the robot is in that little hexagon here. Uh, some, some cool features about it are that it, it's got a little cross on the top that lights up with LEDs. About as big as my hand, just yeah. so you guys can visualize this. This is not big at all. And then wheels on the bottom. Exactly. It's something that, that kids can pick up, usually with like two small hands. They lift it up, move it around. They can play with it on a tabletop or a floor. Uh, and uniquely, it actually has magnets in it, so you can use it on uh, magnetic whiteboards. Oh, so, fine. you know, if you wanted to take this to school for like a show and tell type thing, you can use that in the front of your classroom. Or, you know, for educators, they're actually uh, some of the people that are, are really excited about Root as well. That is cool. That uh, is cool. Yeah, so it's got it's got two eyes and a little nose, a little face that will follow you around. And uh, we're programming it to have a little bit of a personality, too, with some uh, beeps and bloops to talk <laughs> back to you. That's awesome. So take me through it, like, from the unboxing. We'll get a uh, fold-out whiteboard and two whiteboard markers in addition to the root robot and a charging cable. Uh, and what's really great is that means for, like, from the get-go you can just get started. So you just, uh, the robot's already completely pre-assembled. It's got over 50 sensors and actuators on the robot itself. Uh, so there's a lot that you can do. And you, all you do is you turn it on, you download the app, uh, and you open the app, and then you connect over Bluetooth. And then from there, the app will kind of guide you to learn, learn these basic concepts of coding and uh, guide you through that process so that you can feel more and more comfortable with how these digital things work. I mean, everyone's intimidated by, you know, how can I code a robot, but they really shouldn't be. It's something that we've done with four or five-year-olds, so hopefully, uh, hopefully some of the adults out there can do it too. That's fantastic. How did you learn to code? Uh, so I dabbled around a little bit when I was in high school. I was like, oh, these computer things seem kind of cool, and I asked my dad, and he uh, downloaded a program called BASIC, uh, which was a, an easy way to, to get started and, and making some fun things, and it's, I'm very excited to lower the barrier of entry uh, with Root and, and getting it into the hands of even younger kids so that it can be seen as a more universal thing before, I mean, if you get a young enough age, you can get it before boys and girls like tend to differentiate and it's like, oh no, that's a boy thing because it's got, you know, it's a toy with right, wheels right. or something like that. That is awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank We're you excited. for joining us. Clark, how about that? A coding toy for kids as young as four or five. Kim, this is a hot item this here at CES. I saw another one that's geared towards kids five to eight. And these developers, these inventors, have come up with really clever, fun ways for kids that are so adaptable to technology anyway to learn how to code quicker and better than most adults can. Love that you found that. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. 
Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thanks for taking time to join us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. Hope you learn ideas from me that'll help you save more and spend less. And don't ever let anyone rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com, opposite of ripoff. That's where you go to find the latest, greatest deals to stretch every dollar of yours. So I have a huge bias towards entrepreneurs. I love people who have the guts to come up with an idea, a service, a product, open a business where you provide a service that other people want, a product other people want. But a lot of people kind of get tweaked about the idea of doing that, of taking a chance, betting it all on your belief in yourself, or your idea or whatever. Well, I want to tell you here at CES, what formerly was known as the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, the world's largest trade show every year, 175,000 people here from 150 different countries. What I see is an intense entrepreneurial spirit. I see one person after another with a belief in an idea or self that they make things happen. And I'm in the part of CES this year with the entrepreneurs by my request. We normally are in what I think is referred to as Broadcast Central, and we're there with all the networks and all that. And I requested this year, and I got to thank the CES people for letting us be this lone ranger away from the main hall with the entrepreneurs. We're in an area called Eureka Park and Tech West, which for people that have been to CES, you know, that's where the inventors are. The people who everybody told them their idea was garbage, but they, because of belief in self, kept at it and are here exhibiting ideas. I want to tell you that we are in a golden age, a golden era for you when you have an idea, an invention, something you want to bring to market over and over again when I was walking around Eureka Park and in an area of Tech West that I was in, there were so many people who had done Kickstarter campaigns or Indiegogo. There was one other I wasn't familiar with that was from Europe, but they had gone to just the general public and put out a request for funding for their idea. And these things, when you put up money in one of these things, a lot of times it's just going to go straight down a rat hole. Even though an idea seemed really promising, it's not going to come to market. 
occasionally there have been scammers that have played people, gotten their money, and run off with it. But that's very rare. But when you help an entrepreneur make an idea happen and it comes to life, with most of these things, you get first crack at one of the products, usually at half the price the general public will will pay. And you're part of allowing an entrepreneur operating on his or her own, separate from those giant corporations, they're able to establish a new business based on just their belief, their hard work, and their ingenuity. And whether it's about tech or whatever else, I want you to know this is an era where you can strike out on your own. I think about the power the internet harnesses for so many functions that allow a small business to be able to set up so much easier, so much quicker, and at so much lower cost than it would have been in the past. The ability to market your business is so much easier than it used to be. So I know that it's easy for us to psych ourselves out when we have a great idea. And then later, when we didn't do anything about it, and we see somebody else who's brought the idea you had to market, that woulda, coulda, shoulda moment, that doesn't feel good. So believe in yourself and know that when there is something you're really into, it's possible for you to make it happen. If you are an inventor, I want you to know that there are the most resources available there's ever been for you to be able to navigate the patent process without worrying about any of those scammers out there, without having to pay a fortune if you're a shoestring operation to at least get a provisional patent or if you're really determined to get that patent yourself. NOLO, N-O-L-O.com, has multiple methods to help you with bringing an idea into the realm where you have protected your intellectual property. So know that you've got to believe in yourself, believe in your idea, and you're not on your own anymore to be able to get the funding you might need to make it happen because your fellow Americans are right there with you. Again, look at Kickstarter, look at Indiegogo, and see what's up at those things and see how they might fit with the idea you have as an entrepreneurial kind of creator or inventor. And Mary is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mary. Hello, Clark. Are you from North Dakota? Yes, and I was just showing my friend in Montana. I'm over visiting her. I was showing your website because I told her this is going to help me this year, all your resources. And, and i am just got a bunch of your books at home, and I'm just so excited to talk to you. But I noticed you haven't been here, so I want to extend a big invitation to you to come here. Well, that is very sweet. And by the way, congratulations to North Dakota State. Yeah, see, there with all kinds of fun things going on here. They, those games are, are really a pride of our state. So North Dakota State has now won five championships or six in recent years in college football? Yeah, it's like six out of seven in a row. And then that one that we beat 
this year beat us last year uh, and ruined the big uh, streak. And so it was very meaningful to beat them. So let's talk about what you actually wanted to talk to me about, which is something I love, which is travel. Yes, we were laughing about how we're going to, we saw your advice and we thought, well, we'll just look for the good ticket and then take it from there, find a good ticket and then decide what we want to do there. That's what we, <laughs> we like that advice. Sounds kind of fun. And where are you going to go? But I did already get some from my credit card miles. I got a ticket for my daughter and I to go to Washington, D.C., and I've hardly got any money for once we get there. And so and we're there over Easter weekend, March 29th to the 2nd of April. Uh, so uh, hopefully I can, we can um, I know they have some nice on and off the bus tours. You know, it'd be nice to be maybe near one of those startup points. Um, well, um, I think if it's, a, is it a first trip to Washington for you? Yes, on my own dollar. You know, okay. Um, so I think the on and off bus tour is great. They're more like trams, and people love doing that. Now, uh, for you, it won't feel cold, but late March, early April in D.C. can be pretty cold, so you'll need to wrap up pretty well. But the good news is it's before the heart of the tourist season really gets going. And mm-hmm. I'm looking right now, hotels for your travel period are showing at very good prices on Priceline right now for late March travel. And they may get uh, significantly cheaper by the time you get there. Tell me, what kind of price range do you like to pay for a hotel? Just, uh, you know, the cheapest I can find, but I want to be safe because it's my daughter and I traveling together. So in DC, the key thing is to be near one of the rail stations. And I'm looking at right now in Bethesda, which is a very nice area. I'm showing a three and a half star hotel for $62. In, in <gasps> Crystal cool. City, are you flying into Reagan National or where are you flying into? Um, I think it came up as like AID or something. Oh, IAD. That, uh, that's Dulles Airport. So you'd have to come in. You don't want to stay out there. That's way too far. But uh, Crystal City, which is right across the river from D.C., I show another mm-hmm. three-and-a-half star on Priceline for $94. So somewhere getting right around $100 or so, that's where you're going to find the sweet spot of deals. And I would mm-hmm. encourage you, Mary, to go look at my um, guide to booking on Priceline at clark.com on my travel section and follow those steps and you'll get a very decent hotel. Make sure you look for ones with a guest score of 80% or above and that'll pretty much ensure you you'll be a-okay. And Juan is with us. Juan, you want to get some affordable contact lenses. Is that right? Correct. Well, I've got great news for you. There was a lot of price fixing going on in the contact lens business, and Uh that has steadily come not to an end, but is much less a factor than it was before. So you will be in great shape looking for contact lenses, and I'd like to, what warehouse clubs are you a member of? 
um, Sam's Club. Okay. I'd like you. Do you have a friend who's a Costco member? Uh, there's not around me. Yeah. Okay, so you only I have could get Sam's it online. I, I could do it online, right? I, I don't think they'll let you order contacts from Costco originally online, but you have to be a member yeah. anyway. But Sam's Club sells contacts. You want to see their price. And okay. also, um, there's a company that's big in that, 1-800-CONTACTS. You yeah. probably have seen their TV ads. Um, you want to check the discounters. The reason I mentioned Costco, the big advantage with them, is they're now selling their own private label contacts. Okay. And so Kirkland Signature is their private label. And it's made an enormous difference in the cost of contact lenses in addition to the fact that a lot of the price fixing is piece by piece fading from the contact lens business. Okay, so that's good to know. Yeah. So uh, I think that you will, if you shop around, you're gonna do really well. And um, how far are you from the nearest Costco? I'm not sure. I would okay. know, I don't live, you know, I'm not looking for them. Okay, all right, check okay. that out because that may be something that would save you enough money that it would be worth it for you even to take a day trip to order the contacts. Oh, you know what I completely forgot? Last hour I had a question from someone about the disabled transportation vehicle service that's being tested in Maryland that's autonomous and is being used in Germany. And the product is called Olli, O-L-L-I, it's a joint venture of IBM and a number of people, and you can see it at Clark.com. We're in the midst of our fourth day at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, and it never ceases to amaze me. Seventh year here, there's always ingenious new ideas that people have come up with. Producer Kim has been wandering the floor looking at ideas looking at new products, looking at new inventions. And Kim, what do you have for us now? Hey Clark, I am here on the floor with Will from Dynamics and they are showing today a very new type of credit card. It's the wallet card. Tell me about the wallet card. The wallet card has three major components. The three major components are an organically rechargeable battery and it has a dynamically encodable MagStripe chip and contactless chip, okay? It has a screen and it has a GSM chip on it. So what I'm looking at right now is a typical sized credit card um, it on has buttons, the... It has lights, it has a battery that you can't see, it has a GSM chip. And as a consumer, tell me why this is good for me. Think of everything that you carry in your wallet today and your mobile phone combined onto one card, okay, that's that big. And you can't see it because this is radio, but it's a standard size of a card. Tell me about the battery aspect to it. The battery is organically rechargeable. And um, why that's important is because we put so much functionality on the card, one of the conditions that we were dealing with was how do we issue a device 
that never runs out of battery. One of the things we hear from people quite often as it relates to mobile wallets is, well, I carry my phone, I run out of battery, I can't pay for anything. I drop my phone, what do I do? This card is much more durable than your phone and it doesn't run out of ba battery. One other thing is that, um, you know, because it has a GSM chip, you can obviously communicate things like happy birthday, anniversary, you're out of credit, um, make a payment, you know, blah, 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 switch accounts from credit to debit. But one of the major wow factors that we see in what banks, I mean, I've been in banking for 25 years, and when you issue a card, one of the things that you're constantly worried about on behalf of your customers is identity theft and fraud. So what this card does is allows the bank to communicate with the card and shut it off, deactivate it, but also to reactivate it after the person holding the card has been authenticated and download a completely new card. So effectively, you wouldn't have to reissue cards. So you're traveling, you're away from your bank in the UK or whatever, you're in the Seychelles on a vacation, you lose, you lose your card, your wallet's lost or stolen. You go to a bank or you go to an institution that has our cards, okay? You get a card, we activate the card and download your financial information to it. Now obviously, tons of authentication, tons of credentials have to be satisfied in order for us to do that, but effectively, you're never without a card. You don't have to go to your bank for issuance, awesome. okay? Well, thank you so much. No, thank you. It. Thank you. How about that, Clark? Possibly the future of credit cards? Okay, except the Seychelles? How did he come up with that? I've never been there. I thought I'd been everywhere. But this process of coming up with new ways for us to use credit cards is so important to you and me as consumers it's obviously important as well to the banks. The fact that we cannot trust payment systems today is a real problem, and solutions like this are going to go a long way to restoring trust and making using payment systems like credit cards so much safer. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, well, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out. We work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet, and they're on a variety of consumer items. Check out ClarkDeals.com.